Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot. How are you, Coach? Hello. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. Great, great, great. Okay, Nolan, we've we've sometimes waited till the end for this. Let's talk about the Yvonne Richardson Fund right off the bat. Why don't you tell us what people can do to help? And the thing about it is this fund helps young people all over the state. So how can people give to the Yvonne Richardson Foundation? Well, I'm, I'm going to leave you to give the information. Okay, of, I can do that. How how they can do it? But I can do that. The I think the the thing that we're we're trying to do is we're like the mom and pa of of helping folks. You know, you don't have to go through a whole lot of red tape to, to be helped, and it's it's not only through that we give to, to the cancers or to organizations, but we also have been able to help individuals. With, with personal problems, trying to get to and from a place where their kid may be sick, no place to stay, we have uh, we try to help those people also. So it's a variety of things that the Yvonne Richardson deal uh, covers, and and it's just not uh, people who are just really desperately sick. It can be desperately in need. Mm-hmm. That that's the important part. And, and uh, we have tried to do those things for the last oh, 30, over 30 years now. Wow. So whatever they can do to help us, to help those who are less fortunate, that is what the Yvonne Richardson Foundation is all about. There are a lot of charities that you can give to. I just want to share to you, you, you can look at some and they'll say 7% goes to operations or 5% or whatever it is. Coach Richardson gets no benefit from this whatsoever, and whatever you give is going to go to help young people. And so the two ways that you can give are if you want to send a check, you can send it to for the uh, Yvonne Richardson Memorial Foundation, 4057 North Humont, H-U-G-H-M-O-U-N-T, Road, Fayetteville, Arkansas, 72704. If you want to give online, you can now do that. You can go to give2yvonne, dot com. Give2yvonne.com. And uh, whether you want to give a gift of $10, $100, $10,000, whatever you want to give, you can give right there online, give2yvonne.com. So, Coach, we hope that continues to go for many, many years. And we're hoping that, that those who are paying attention to this program or, or listening to it that will reach out and give us as much help as you possibly can. We certainly right. need all the help we can and get. And whatever you, as Rick said, whatever you uh, donate, believe me, it will go for great causes and good, uh, for the cause of what we are standing for. And that's help those who need help. Now, uh, this doesn't even qualify. It's not even in the same category as those who need help. 
but there are those that think Arkansas's basketball team needs a little help right now. And this game against this game against Missouri is is really a big big game. And going back to your days, Nolan, even before the two teams were in the same league, there were some great games with Arkansas and Missouri. That's a really good series, don't you think? The great series uh, until we messed up. We, we start beating Missouri. It, it was a great series as long as they were beating us. But when we started beating up on Missouri, they said, hey, enough's enough. And they can't, you know, we used to have a four-year deal, two, a two-year home-and-home kind of a situation. But uh, I remember Norm called me up one day and said, hey, I think we need to end that, uh, that, that home-and-home bit. <laughs> so... That that came to a squeaking halt until, you know, again, we were able to renew it again uh, with them coming into the conference. You know, ba- basketball is a crazy sport, Coach. You, you know that better than anybody. Uh, Tennessee, earlier this year, I, I want to say played Mizzou, and they beat them, what, 20 or 30-something crazy? And I thought, you know, uh, Missouri is terrible. And then they turn around and beat Alabama the other night at uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Columbia. And now here they are rocking and rolling, ready to take on the Hogs. You know, Randy, the thing that we got to get used to is the fact that you got a lot of players that may not have the reputation that some of the great, great high school kids come out with, and, and, and that name gets bigger and bigger as they go each year. So we're, we're talking about guys that are already played basketball three, some of them four years, seem like it. And, and, and you're talking about maturity. You're talking about a 23-year-old playing a 19-year-old or 18-year-old. The 18 could have just all the skills in the world, but he may not be as tough as the kid that's 24. He's not a kid anymore. He's a man. And that that's what I see now. I, I see that there there will be I, – I, there could be 10 national champions uh, – the way things are right now to me. It, it, it's wide open for a national championship the way I see yeah. it yeah. from the standpoint of just being able to recruit the kind of players that can help you win. Coach, did you, did you ever happen, feel yeah. like there was a must-win game? You almost get this feeling for Arkansas, 0-3 now in conference, this uh, next game up for Arkansas will be in Baton Rouge against LSU, so the odds are against you there. So is this, in your mind, did you ever feel like there was a must-win game for your Hogs? Randy, every game we played was a must-win <laughs> game. That's right. I knew that was good. I don't, I don't know how to separate them. I, I'm a, I, wasn't a very, I wasn't a very smart guy. You know, I uh, – I took every game so personal. I mean, it became every game, every everything that we ever tried to do was a deal. You know, hey, we got to do this, and and once you get that, you got to. You know, you don't think of uh, well, we, we got to win this one. Wait a minute, you got to win every one of them. To be honest <laughs> with you, but you may not. But you better think the other way. And so, no, I I never I never felt any difference. From this game or the next game, and, you know, as long as they let me coach another game, I gotta win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's just uh, that's how I that's how I interpret it. Uh, so, a must win. 
So when I think of the Missouri series when you were here, Coach, there are two things that come to mind. First of them is the game that was – it was actually the second game at Bud Walton Arena, but it was bringing Missouri in, and they were a really good team, and Arkansas absolutely obliterated them. What do you remember about that night? Well, I remember Norm Stewart said something really funny to me. He said, uh, you know, he had that growly voice. <laughs> Yeah, Coach, I said, hey, Coach, we just had a hell of a night. I mean, I said, we could have kicked one in tonight. He said, I, I only know one thing. You either got a damn good basketball team <laughs> or we, we, we're not worth a damn. <laughs> Somewhere but you know in what happened? There. You know what oh. happened with, with Missouri, though? Missouri huh? went on and went undefeated in Big, yeah. big Eight Conference. Yeah, and with right. that, you know, it's got made it. the elite I mean, eight. They never lost. They never lost the conference game. And made the elite eight. That's right. Ma- that's right. Got to the elite eight, and, yeah. and probably, you know, if, if they don't get there, I think UCLA beat them. Oklahoma State. Somebody beat them at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. So Missouri was that close of maybe us playing them again yeah. in in the national game after losing about. 52, about 52 or 56 points. I don't remember exactly. But it was it was something I had never been a part of any of my teams in all, all the years I've coached a game like that particular night. It was it was just incredible. Well, I, I wish I could have bottled that up and took it with me every night. But uh, it's one of those nights. Uh, one don't, of those don't, games that you don't, don't expect much. That was beyond just playing Missouri. That was this incredible arena that Arkansas had, packed to the rafters, and you had a good team. So it, it wasn't like that every night, but that night was just everything worked in your favor. We could have beat any NBA team that night. <laughs> that night. <laughs> I'd have played the Lakers, and they, they was in trouble that night. You know? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you wish you could have a lot of those kinds of nights. Yeah. But, uh, that that was a, that is that's a night I'll never forget. The other memory of Missouri is that wonderful group that used to greet you in Columbia called the Antlers. Uh, oh, what do you man. remember? What do you remember about that bunch? That was the craziest group that that ever was put on this earth. <laughs> they, I call them house aides. They were house aides. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were incredible. Uh, I guarantee you, boys. You, you know, I remember the, remembering them meeting up, meeting the bus outside of of their arena, and they had a hog's head yeah. wrapped around the rope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and dangling it, and I'm saying, God, these guys are. Like, hey, they were, they were. They were a weird group, very weird group. Coach, before you got there, Arkansas had a pretty wild group called the Mad Hatters. That's a long time I heard ago. That. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, these guys, uh, they may have taunted you before the game, but Arkansas won the game that night. So uh, you, you got them on that one. So uh, I tell you, that there were some great, some great groups. There were really some really good games with Mizzou. Mizzou had some really good players. Uh, they they went they had beaten the Razorbacks quite a few times. They were up mm-hmm. on them uh, from a standpoint of games won and lost. But uh, I think it started leveling off. 
few years later, and uh, that, that that kept the uh, rivalry. I mean, it turned into loose where we just didn't want to run it on his plate. It's the same way with, with Memphis. Memphis was one of our games that we played. We, we had some really good non-conference games. The OU, the Oklahoma State, you know, the Tulsa. I mean, we had some really good non-conference games to play. So to Randy's earlier point, no, no game is a must-win because you want to win them all. You didn't have very often teams lose two or three in a row. This team has. How did you get it corrected? And as you watch Arkansas this year, is that something? Can you still turn it around at this point? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, I always uh, I, I make a statement most of the time, and I and I say it again over and over. All sickness is not death. And just because you know things are going bad right now, you ain't dead. And because all sicknesses are not there, uh, you know, all it, a big play or, or a good win can, can change the taste of the feeling of each individual of how they play. Uh, maybe at one time there's a player that's not playing that will come in and play and make the total difference in the ball game, the total difference. And, and and you might be able to go back with him. You might be able to go back with some other ones. You know, you, you start you start looking around to see how do I stop the bleeding. That's all I'm trying to do. Put a Band-Aid over it and stop the bleeding. Then I can get it fixed. And uh, I think that's probably the attitude that I, would, I had taken with, with our team. We're not going to, you know, we, we might give out, but we're not giving up. And uh, And I want that to be plainly understood. You know, because if I'm one shot away or one charge away or one free throw away, I'm I'm, I'm right there. I, it's just a matter of time. I'm right there. But now if I'm 15 to 20 points down all the time, I, I'm not. I, I've got another. I got another animal on on me, and and I got to get that changed. So right now, the, the Razorbacks are just just right for the. You may have a chance to put it away and don't quite get it done. Coach, when you look at the stat sheet when you come off the floor at the end of the game, was there any particular stat that you looked at? Yes. The only stat I looked at, basically, did we win an L? There's a W and an L on those stats. One on the the left-hand side, I believe, one on the right-hand side. I look for the left. If I want that W. That's the most important stat in the world to me. Now, I'm, now remember, I'm talking about for me. I'm not talking about all the other coaches that go over and says, "Well, you know, we got our rebound by 15." Come to think of it, Missouri our rebound is by 14 or 15, but they got beat by 50. Now, how do you explain <laughs> that to the stat team? Let me tell you something else you don't see on the stat team. You don't see nobody's heart pumping. Or the stat sheet only carries numbers. They, they don't talk about minds and IQs and diving on the floor and getting up and taking charges. That ain't on a lot. We used to cover the, the uh, charge taken because uh, that was a proud moment when you could take a charge. But it, it's basically not on the stat sheet. So, uh, again, I guess I have a different outlook. Outlook uh, on the game. 
Nolan, what do you what do you think of all these an- statutes? What do you think of all these analytics now, Coach? Oh, I think they just <laughs> they sell it. They sound like they're selling selling products. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? That game is is still the court. When I look at it, I say, God, I, I, it's ninety four feet still there. Is it, yeah. is it the goal ten still ten feet high? Yeah. Uh, do they still have to run? I mean, they don't have to, but aren't you supposed to have five on five? Yeah. Uh, one team, uh, you know, got to play the team that played the best defense and offense usually win. You know, uh, you got to stop them from making shots. They got you. I mean, the game ain't really changed that much. The players have, coaching have. I mean, uh, announcers have changed, officials changed, but the game hadn't changed. It's still the same basketball game. They're letting them play more. I've watched. I've noticed that. There for a while, they would seem to me they would want the offense to score points so fans would come and enjoy the game. And so the offense got the advantage. You know, and the game of basketball to me was advantage, disadvantage. If you put me at a disadvantage, that's wrong. That's a foul. But if you don't put me at a disadvantage, play on. And I, and I see them playing on a lot more now. You know, that's, you know, when they were talking about hand check. Hand check has been forever. You can touch somebody. You, you still can. You, it's amazing. Look at the games tonight and watch the, the inside players. Those guys are pushing, shoving. They use their hand. It, there's no calls in there. But if you catch somebody out of that area, that's a foul. Well, a foul's a foul. Amen. And, you know, that's the, that's the way I see the game. And so, uh, like I said, I'm, uh, uh, sometimes you ask the wrong question to the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, Coach, go. That is not, has never been my, my favorite stuff. Yeah. Coach, I, I, I only look at the stats when we win. Coach, when I, I'm on the road and I want to kill some time. We won the game. I want to see the stats. If we, if we, if we got our cuts beat, I don't want to see no fat flat. I don't want to see anything. I want to get home and try to get organized and get ready to try to get another game. Coach, oh, I, oh. you don't have to have a stat to know what how, how bad you look. <laughs> that's, that's that's the eye stat. That's that's me. I, I like the eye stat. What I saw is what I want to work on. I'm not going to look at numbers. So we made we shot 53 throws day 25. And I, I'm not looking at that. Hell, we shouldn't have missed 25, but we did. <laughs> so let's work on our free throw shooting, period. Coach, I always say this about a fishery. If it's a foul in the first minute, it's a foul in the last minute, and it goes down and the, the game's on the line, and they won't make the call. I'm like, hey, if it was a foul 39 minutes ago, yeah. why, why is it not a foul now? You're absolutely right. It, it's supposed to be. You know, uh, I get a kick out of them says, okay, take the ball. And, and make the official make the call. I'm saying, hell, I don't want him to make the call. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't want him to make the call because he may not make the call. And see, a no call is just as bad as a call. In case, you know, you can hear announcers say, well, it, it, you know, it was a great no call. There ain't never been no great no call in my book. How can you have a great no call? <laughs> It, it, it's uh, it scares me. It scares me because you know many years ago they had gambling in the game and, and mm-hmm. point shaving. 
snow call. We've got David. Mm. Wow. Something well, that should a... have happened didn't happen, and you saw it happen? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, and, oh, it, 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 like I said, I, I'm, I'm probably a different breed of, of the type of coach that carries his emotions on his sleeves when he walks into the game. I'm already angry. <laughs> Well, stay angry, and we're going to be back with some more of Nolan. Coach, hang on. we got to take a break. That's, That's Coach right. Nolan Richardson. Thanks to our good friends at Slim Chickens. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. And let's do this. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot. And, uh, Raymond, you may have to help me here for a moment. All right, what do you need? As I log back in. All right, there's Coach Richardson. We got him there. All right, let's talk with uh, Eric. Eric? Good afternoon. Do you have a question or comment for Coach Richardson? I do. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Loud and clear. Yeah. Hey, Coach. Uh, long-time fan. I'm honored to, to get to talk to you. And uh, okay, I'm not a journalist or anything, but I'd like to ask you maybe some questions. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this before. But uh, so here's what I want to here's what I want to pick your brain about. So I think it's a fascinating part of Arkansas history that somebody could write a book about maybe, but, um, Rick, you know, Lincoln Riley left and went to left OU and went to USC. And part of the reason, at least the internet says is that he was completely blindsided about switching conferences and that he maybe felt like he wasn't included in the process. And some of that, he's kind of quelled some of those rumors, but it makes me think, you know, it was groundbreaking when Arkansas left the Southwest Conference and went to the SEC. Did you at all have – well, first part of my question is that did, did Coach Broyles or any administration, did they include you at all in any of the decision-making process or even pick your brain or ask your two cents worth? Because at the time in 1990 or 91, you know, you guys are coming off the Final Four. You really are the crown jewel, you and Coach McDonald of Razorback Athletics at the time. You know, that's the first part of the question. Were you in it at all in any decision-making process, or were you kind of blindsided? And second part, how did you feel about it? Because, you know, I would say Arkansas, Houston, and Texas were as good as Kentucky, Alabama, and LSU and the SEC. So, you know, I think the competition would have been the same. But, uh, you know, you're going to have to learn new stadiums and new rivalries. And that seemed like a really big deal looking back in history at the time to switch conferences. And I just want to get your, uh, your opinion on that and what, and then, uh, you know, how you felt about it and, and what the decisions were going into that. All right, Eric. Thank you. Good question. Okay. That, that is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a question. I, I would have to say that not only looking back, but even at that time, I thought Coach Rolls, did a phenomenal job of getting the the Razorbacks into the Southeast Conference. And, and for, for many reasons, because your football schedule was going to be dynamite. Your basketball scheduling, you know, you know you, you're not playing the Rices, 
of course, now TCU and, and Baylor are doing a lot better job. But they, it became a, just Texas and the, and the University of Arkansas. Uh, most of the time, it, it, you know, you, you got a chance to win the Southwest Conference is making sure you beat Texas and Houston. Seems to me those were the real big games. Now, on the other hand, we're, as you mentioned, we were coming off of a Final Four appearance, so here we are, the new kids on the block, coming into the almighty football league and supposedly have some pretty good basketball teams. And the key is Kentucky. Kentucky is the flagship team. So when we come in there, we match what Kentucky could do, and not only did we come in strong, we came in and won the conference when they say that we had just come out of the week, one of the weakest conferences in America. Mm-hmm. So, so we had things to prove, and I and I think that Coach Brawls, when you know, it wasn't about me having anything to say or do, because history tells you what needs to be done mostly, and no one has had as much history of what needs to be done than Coach Brawls. Why? Well, Whatever they the decision to make to go, I was pleased with it. The only thing I I, I think that bothered me the most is that we were leaving Barnhill after a few years. <laughs> I love Barnhill, but they they all they did was turn out and build us a bigger Barnhill. So I I really believe that uh, it was the, the there's no question it was the right move. And now if you look back, all those teams that were in the Southwest Conference had gone to other conferences. Now they had another conferences. And, uh, it, it was apt to happen. And so we were very fortunate to have Coach Rawls to uh, come up with, with the movement of the Razorbacks football, basketball track, and all of this other program. Okay, so Coach, your first trip to Kentucky. What was that like? Rick Patino welcomed you in with cowboy boots in the first half, and when Arkansas was leading at halftime, he took them off, and uh, you won that game pretty pretty big. What, what do you remember about that first trip to Kentucky? Oh, that was hilarious. After you know, I, Rick and I were pretty decent friends, and uh, I had him at my golf tournament down in El Paso. We had the shootout down there, and he came in and was. And I also put on a clinic for all the high school coaches. And he, he was one of the guys who did the clinic. And we, we got him a pair of, of cowboy boots that I normally would be wearing. And I, I told him, you know, when we play y'all, I won't see you with those boots on. So, ah, never uh, knew that. Uh, <laughs> so when, we, when, the, when the game started, he had them on. I said, you know, I winked my eye at him. So, all right, you look good. You look, <laughs> look pretty cool, man. <laughs> But uh, like you said, he, he, I think he thought those boots was holding him back. So he had to take them off. I didn't That's know that you uh, gave him those. That was, that that was something. Uh, yeah. that, that was really quite a game. I think our kids played their hearts out. And, uh, you know, it's, it was amazing. We could seem to beat them, but we could never get over the hump with them in the tournament. When right. We either led or else we had a chance to win it. If for some reason we figure out a way to lose, but uh, when it came to regular season games, I think we held our own against Kentucky, and then we became the, a flagship team in the Southeast Conference. I thought 
they built their schedule around Kentucky and the Razorbacks. Nolan, one thing I remember about that that game afterwards, because I would, uh, you know, I was on radio, but I'd come help get you, make sure you got to the radio thing, and and there's Kentucky, they're the elite program. It's Arkansas's first year in the league, and as you're walking to do the post game. Those fans are congratulating you and saying, welcome to the league, and boy, what a team you have. Home fans, when they get beat, usually don't react that way. I, did that catch you off guard as well? Well, you know, when you have been around basketball all your, you know, Kentucky is known for its basketball. I mean, yeah, it's been known forever. And, yeah. those, and those people are uh, well-educated when it comes to looking at talent and looking at teams is that they've seen some of the best teams that's ever played the game. Yeah. You know, of course, back in those days, the Indiana, uh, the Iowa's, and all, all back in that area, basketball was really something. And and I and I think knowledge of the game, the more knowledge of the game that they could respond a lot better to you about what your team was like and how hard it is going to be now to, to beat the Razorbacks and, and the fans got involved. I mean, it, 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 it didn't start and stop with us. It, I mean, our fans uh, took over a place there in Alabama that first year, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, it, it was amazing. And the Kentucky fans was like, they couldn't believe what they were seeing or hearing. And uh, it's it just, uh, it all felt, it all, we're all, we were in the right place at the right time. All right, let's talk with uh, Dr. J. Dr. J, good afternoon. Do you have a question or comment for Coach Richardson? Yes, yes. Uh, first and foremost, Coach Richardson, uh, uh, I am. I think you're the greatest coach. Uh, I, I think it's not enough said about your uh, accomplishment of the, of the Triple Crown. Uh, you're, you're someone that, that we've always uh, held up as, as an example. So uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. A uh, couple quick questions for you. One, one question um, is this, this whole trend of positionless uh, basketball, uh, I just don't like it. I think it may be a fad, but, hey, I, that's why I'm asking you. I want your opinion. Uh, you see these big guys, uh, instead of standing down there dominating on the block, uh, people are wanting to shoot the three, and I know that that's the trend that the new NBA is going to. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And the second question is, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I know that you were a big, big proponent of um, of, of, of equal rights and uh, minority coaching and that sort of thing. What What are your thoughts of the influx of our uh, uh, African American students that are going to the HBCUs over the uh, the quote unquote blue chip programs? Uh, just kind of want to get your thoughts on both of those uh, both of those topics. And, and once again, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Doctor J. Would you, you know, I, I, I could barely hear some of the uh, first question was about position. First question yeah, was, and we'll probably get to the second question after the break, but the first one was about positionless basketball, and now you see these 6'10 and 6'11 guys out there shooting threes instead of being down inside. What do you think about positionless basketball? Well, you know, I love what, it, what has happened because, you know, any kid, many years ago, any kid was six feet or six one, and he's 10, 11, 12 years old, 13. That's all they talked about is set up under the basket and, and post up or 
They never got a chance to learn how to dribble. They never had a chance other than get up under the basket. You, you're the biggest guy out there. And then he may not be the biggest guy in 10 years from now, but he's the biggest now. <laughs> but so, so when, when those, what has happened is the European team can shoot the basketball, mm. you know, and, and they could be 6'11", 6'10", 6'9". If, if I was not trying to win games, I'll give you an example. Corbin Williamson, and, and, and well, well, hold on, Coach. We, we want to hear this story about Corliss Williamson, so we hear the music. And Dwight Stewart. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that up when we get back. Hang tight, Coach. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot. And welcome back to Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. Coach, you were asked right there before the break about positionless basketball, and you wanted to talk about Big Nasty and Dwight Stewart. Yeah, you know, more so, uh, I wanted to bring in Oliver Miller. Oliver Miller was 6'9", probably had the reach of a 7'4". The reach, that means how long he can... (laughs) extend himself. Mm-hmm. I had this idea that Dwight Stewart, when we brought him in, we were replacing Oliver Miller. <laughs> Oliver Miller could play with his back to the basket pretty good. I spent more time trying to get Dwight to get, get to the bottom of the basket, but he was always shooting threes <laughs> and, and, and practicing. But then I, I didn't really care about him shooting threes. I was like this caller, hey, you're 6'9", you need to be up under the basket. Yeah. Find out, hell, he can't he can't score when his back to the basket. <laughs> now, it's, you know, you don't have to be a genius to figure out, hey, this kid can't score there. You got him to you you brought him in to be to, to take maybe big old place. And the reason I mentioned Carlos Williamson is because he could play with his back to the basket and face the basket. Mm-hmm. He could he could hit the fifteen footer. He could also post you up, and you couldn't get back around him. So you you take the things that the good Lord gifted him with and increase that. And when you start talking about big guys shooting the basketball, man, that is what happened was when they put the three-point line in, they was trying to really take the big man out of the game because he was just sitting around that basket. I used to call them aircraft carriers, you know, 6'11", 6'11". We never had them kind of sizes on our basketball team except for the year when I had uh, Lee Wilson and Tank Robinson. But they, they were – Lee was around the basket guy and Tank was a jump shooter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm, I'm glad to see that, that, that the big kids are being able to shoot the ball. That's, that's the name of the game is basketball – and you don't have – if you're a good player, you, you don't have a position. I remember talking to Joe Johnson's mother. We were recruiting him. And I said – she said, what, what is he going to be, a two or three? I said, how many players are on the floor? She says, five. I said, going to be all five of them. One, two, three, four, <laughs> wherever he catches the ball, he can be whatever you want him to be. If he catches out front, he's a guard. If he catches on the post to score, he's a center. He can be anywhere you want him. And that's what that's the number I'm gonna give him. One, two, three, four, five. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. 
That's, that's the name of the game. Give them, get them in a position where they are most successful. That's the name of the game to me as a coach. Mm-hmm. Get them in a position that they can excel. And so, put White, put him outside. And man, what was uh, that? Was a great coaching move, Nolan. <laughs> I start patting myself on the back. I say, "Hey, after all these years, you learned a little bit about basketball, son." You know, Coach, one of the that's, things that's here. Hey, before Randy, before we ask him that second question, uh, we do need to let our listeners know we were talking about Alabama transfers earlier. Drew Sanders, that Alabama linebacker who is a four-star, is on the Fayetteville campus right now. Oh, wow. Which, which means also Arkansas needs to win that game against Missouri, show him a great crowd atmosphere, but he's on campus right now. Second question you got asked, Coach, by the last uh, caller was, what do you think of in these days of the NIL and everything else? Two superstars, two of the top-rated football players in the entire country have signed with Jackson State rather than uh, the elite Division One programs. His question was, do you think that's good and that will help uh, build the historically black schools into stronger athletic programs? You start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, and it and, and seems to me that's what that's what is happening because it, if those kind of players go off to schools such as the historical black schools, then it's easy others to follow too to start it, uh, having the coaches who are coaching the historical black schools are, are basically historical black coaches. In the past many, many years, I can go back to the time, that's the only place we could go to school. Radlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember it. Prairie View. Uh, I can only remember the schools that some of our athletes had an opportunity to go to. Uh, when I stopped to think about when I was growing up, I couldn't go to SMU or Baylor or Arkansas. Or, I mean, there's no – I couldn't go nowhere in the Southwest Conference. And, and I had some offers from the black colleges, and I chose to go to junior college in Arizona. Hmm. So the things have changed. Some things, what goes around comes around. I, I see it that way. And – these guys that are, are, are moving on to the, to the black colleges are just saying to, to me is that we can take our talents other places as opposed to, to, the, to the great teams that are, are basically ran by white football and, and coaches. Rick, if you would, one more time, talk about the Yvonne Richardson. Yeah, sure. Uh, for those who'd like to contribute, and, and again, um, you need to know, know they do great work. I'm very aware of much of the work that they've done, and we need to let people know also that Slim Chickens, as the sponsor of this, normally the guest receives an honorarium for that. Nolan has asked for that uh, to be given to the Yvonne Richardson Foundation. And so he's doing this uh, gratis, uh, although it is helping the foundation. If you'd like to help young people in the state of Arkansas, you can go to givetoivonne.com, and that's givetoivonne.com. You can do it right there online. Most people do their transactions online these days. 
But if you are a check writer, as our family still writes checks at times, uh, you can send it to the Yvonne, Y-V-O-N-N-E, Richardson Memorial Foundation, 4057 North Humount, H-U-G-H-M-O-U-N-T, Road, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, 72704. And we're going to give that information each week. So if for some reason you missed it or you think, gosh, you know, I'm better off at the very first of the month to do that, uh, we'll give you that address and that uh, uh, online giving every week. I'm not an expert in this, but uh, I'm hoping somehow, some way, we can get that also onto our website. So That'd that, be great, yeah. Um, for those that do love to use the website and mm-hmm. uh, use that as a reference point, then maybe uh, we can get onto our website. Uh, Coach, what I was going to ask you a moment ago is in – all of your years, and it doesn't matter if it's junior high, uh, it could be senior high, it could be JUCO, it could be at uh, the Division One level. Who in your mind ran the floor the best? I mean, I think of Clinton McDaniel, obviously because of his athleticism and speed, but you may have somebody totally different in mind. It may be, it could be a Oliver Miller, who in your mind ran the floor the best. Well, you know when you when you when you mentioned Oliver Miller, let me tell you, Oliver Miller, by far, by far, has the best IQ of the game that anyone I've ever coached. He's got that. Oliver Miller is 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 the freak of nature. Mm-hmm. He's he's he, he's got his his movement, his his reach, his timing. Uh, you know, he uh, when he wants to turn it on, the, the, the big fella could run. I mean, it's like uh, how, when I was recruiting, they say you you can't play for coaches; they'd be running. And I'm saying, well, you don't think he can run? He can run. And so you put all that together. You know, Mac is, it was a, a small, quick guard that could could run. Not necessarily run the floor like like the big O, because the big O could run the floor, post you up, take it outside, pass it, take it out of bound and throw it like a baseball to the other end, directly to the player. They ain't, they ain't very many people can do that. Oliver could, and so he he might have been the guy that I would think. And, and then there's another kid that didn't play here named Paul Presley. He's probably the best that did it all. Another great week, Coach. Coach, we got to go. Thanks.